Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Okay, welcome back oh, to the Creek Dive. We are still here. We have decided for your pleasure to self-quarantine in the studio, bringing you creeps every day till we get through this <laughs> pandemic. That's a lie, I'm sorry. But do you know what it has done? It's churned up loads of creeps. Like, I guess everybody's sort of thinking the way we are now and I'm finding on my internet... I'd find it really easy to find loads of stories. I think because people have a lot of spare time now because a lot of work engagements, conferences, etc. The parade is cancelled. All those daily things that would have taken up your brain power is now being dedicated to creeping. Also, now the rest of the world is as paranoid as I am. Yeah. But it doesn't feel good, guys. No, it doesn't <laughs> Just it means feel? my paranoia is like times a million now. It feels so surreal, doesn't it? Yeah. Did like, you spend a lot of time thinking about St. Patrick's Day Parade? Did it take up a lot? Yeah, where you do, well, I suppose it's a craft-heavy sort of scenario for No, past. I mean, I always, I always creep, but the people who were involved in that now have free time for creeping. That, what happens to that? Guys, do you want to hear about the theory? Yeah. Okay. So it's actually the middle of the night in November in 2016 and we're all still asleep okay does this ring any bells do you remember the night we all woke up and Trump was president oh, I'm telling yeah. you this is one just really long collective waking dream it has to be What's that the is the point where it all started that to is where really it bad started was before that Brexit news was boring pre- <laughs> no it was post. post yeah it was post Trump was 2016 Brexit remember, was the following sort of summer, early I summer. remember waking up that morning and laughing and not being able to fathom it. But prior to that vote, like a month prior, Lydia and I had been in Mexico and we were getting the news. And the news we were seeing over there was like the American news. And it was like Trump totally, you know, annihilated Hillary in that last debate. And, blah, blah. and we were like, what the fuck has happened? And then we went home and we saw the real news the unbiased news and realized that it was just everything was was so pointed and controlled in America that yeah. like 
It didn't surprise me then that he was president. They were inside an opticon. And now we're all inside it. What if Corona just exists in order to assassinate Trump? Trump, I know, he's got it. He, do you think he has it? He was well, at, at the press conference yesterday, they asked if he had been tested. And he said Apparently, no. every single journalist at that press conference jumped up as one and said, have you been tested, sir? And he just walked out. He hasn't been tested. Or he has. What do you think? He is a virus. I think he has. Well, thank <laughs> yeah. you. Well, like the Minister for Health in the UK has it. Yeah, the and they're saying... The Minister for Health in Iran has it. Washington has like a concentration of cases and, and that other place in New York. Well, think of how much time they're all spending in the same room together. You know, there's endless fucking meetings we were talking about. Yeah, that and his, one of the senators meeting. has it. Yeah. And there's photographs of Trump, like, touching him last week. Touching him. Touching me, Just, touching you. So Trump grabbed him by the pussy. Yeah. There and he and won't live to uh, regret it. No, I don't know. I don't know if we're that lucky, lads. But it would be great. Grabbed Just him sad by that the, the other corona. tens of thousands of people had to go to. To sink Trump. Tis a They'll sl- be like martyrs. Well, that's it. We'll yeah. celebrate them one we day. We will. Did we'll you have see a Corona day. Of the guys in the hospital. And the Coronas will <laughs> play. In Italy, very scary photograph. My mum's trying to go on holidays. And I was I was like, oh, I'm sure it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Then I stupidly went on to the Daily Mail. And they have <laughs> photographs of it's some hospital in Italy. But they have the... Um, it, well, men didn't look that... They didn't look to be old men. But they have them all facing down in the on the gurneys. Something to oh, God. better treatment, but it looks Scary. horrifying. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously everybody in all the working hospital staff and all their gear. It's just imagine being on the front line of that. Terrifying. Yeah. Like there's some people that are going through the horrors. Imagine there's a lot of if you'd sick kid at home, you'd be in absolute horrorville. So if you're well, listening, some of our listeners situation, do. I'm so sorry that that's happening. Yeah. Not only that, but like even they're trying to buy their basic, you know, anti-back stuff and trying to keep their houses it's, know, relatively d- it's absolutely free. disgraceful the the um, hike on the masks and the anti-back. Yeah, and there's no. It's just that fucking people with nothing wrong with them outside of the kind of danger age and who hoovering up all this stuff. I've yeah, but it's two very small anti-backs in my bag right now. That's right? Fine. You have that's kids. Fine, fine. Is that like a no, no, no? That's a fine. Subtweet no. at me, Jen. No, not at all. <laughs> you just, have you kids. Know what we you mean have like a newborn. No, I'm joking. With, I'm like joking. literally taking everything they can find. Did and you see the footage from that Australian supermarket? The toilet roll. Of the toilet roll run. Brilliant. It's absolutely insane. insane. What's Somebody. Some. What is it about toilet? It just paper? looks like a flood of people, basically. Just absolutely annihilating the toilet paper. It's not that kind of virus. You're not going to be able to get out, but like. Is nobody? They're not buying anything else. Lydia was doing a provisional shopping list and sent it to me yesterday, and it was waffles, oven chips, sweet potato, potato, something. I was like, Lydia, we cannot just eat <laughs> potato. You can for five weeks. You definitely can. Yeah, but like I was like, tin tomatoes, frozen Sorry, vegetables, frozen fruit, frozen fruit. Great shade, frozen, frozen fruit. fruit, lads. Okay, yeah. uh, get your smoothies into you. It's the only way now. Jarred <laughs> the things. only way now. But I'm not finding any kind of depletion of stock in my local little and Aldi. Are you? Not of the fresh fruit and stuff, but like whip up a pure, like a, a like a compote or something and freeze it. You know, it'll all be fine. <laughs> oh yeah. It's going to be fine. I think fine. more people are going to die from stupidity than the actual virus. <laughs> just kind of there's going to be some you the Darwin the Awards will claim more lives yeah. this year. There's going to be and then there's going to be some very lethargic chubby people emerging after five <laughs> weeks of eating nothing but dried pasta. Scurvy. Yeah. Uh, we'll be back in. Yeah. <laughs> Scurvy will be the next pandemic. But you know what will survive? Podcasts. Because you can't catch it from us. You can't catch it from us. We're in your ears, but we're not there in person. We're not spitting in your eye. Um, and please, if 
if you are listening to us and enjoy us, consider patronizing us because it's going to get tough. <laughs> it's getting so tough. It's going to get tough to meet. Like it's going to get tough to meet. It's going to get. I have a plan. Do you? In I'm case. Oh yeah. What is your plan? Um, I'll tell you guys off my. Why? In case. If it comes to that We'll have to discuss it Oh yeah That's a little grand Until we actually get it And someone's bed bound And unable to record Well by that time We'll have a microphone Or something Yeah but if you're sick You also do not need To record the podcast Mm. If you're sick You're sick I don't think we'll get that I think the two of you Don't even contemplate That like you could actually Just be sick And not working It doesn't mean a thing To us Cassie Come on Come on Guys, oh, we have action. Yes, Sorry. Something's happening with Jen's Something's computer. Something's happening with my computer. Anyway, this is all great. So this week, wait on a kind of Trump. You want to tell us about your creep of the week? This is topical. I think I just did. Tr- uh, Putin. Putin. Putin's Putin in a new law. <laughs> oh. Hire me, Orti. I can... Um, yeah, that's all. He just like changed the law there, just casual law change, so that he's allowed to just stay in office until the end of time, pretty really, much. Really, really bad. It seems like a bad idea. He's over 20 years in office. Wow. Did you know that? No. Yeah, and the longest running guy in Russian um, in Russian history of keeping that office is some guy who was it for 43 years. Um, it, back in the 1700s And the people so it's always great In to Russia be like Hey it's just like the 1700s again <laughs> do, the, do the Russian people want him? To be honest I cannot speak to that Like yeah. my knowledge of Russian politics Is top line at best I would say it's divisive Because they are quite um, Oppressive Oppressed Yeah Like the gays in Russia Is a big no Yeah Um so I'd say that it's yeah. There's there's that mixed if they are feelings. feelings. Guys, this is terrible, isn't it? Technology is just can be very. Tri- uh, do you want to do yours first? Yeah. So I have a um, uh, classic. No, I have a contemporary uh, topical creep, and it is has been sent into us by loads of people who are fans of Drag Race. Have nice. you heard any of this? No. Yeah, somebody emailed us in and DM'd us this story. Yeah, so I, I just clicked heard in talking about it on Keep It very briefly. Yeah, so but I have to say I'm not a big consumer of Drag Race. I really? would have pad you down as a, as a as a Drag Race target. I thought because it's like Project Runway. Me, there's some crafting, and then there's obviously dancing. Yeah, I know. I think I really should go there again. It's just that I'm not a big reality TV consumer. I think I'm I'm not either. But Drag Race is Drag Race, The Great British Bake Off, and the Great Pottery Throwdown. Oh, that <laughs> the Great Pottery Throwdown is some of the greatest television ever it's made. Ever phenomenal. When everyone was bet into Love Is Blind, I was like, "Excuse me, over here there is something with all of the tension and less the heteronormative activity." So <laughs> they are crafting away these giant pots. I mean, one week it was a toilet. It's amazing. And they spend the whole day doing it, and then where you're like watching Love Is Blind is like, "Well, they won't get that." Won't they get married? Oh my god, the You're killing. like, will that survive the, the kill? Killing. Will it survive? And then the killing's some... killing them. Yeah. And there was somewhere they just had to like fuck it into a fire pit. Oh. I was like, why would you why would you do that? Just that's part of that was one of the things. That's so just the process. Part of the thrill. I remember this being uh, on BBC. It's on Channel 4 now. It's on Channel 4 oh, now. Well, Sykes presents it. She's doing a Fantastic. great job. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm all a... over this. Who's the, who's presented the first se- series? Was someone from a girl? No, an old DJ Zoe Ball's mate from back in the day. Lauren Laverne. No. Um, Fat Boy Slim. 
She married him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They uh, were more than mates. The, no, never mind. The first series was amazing. I'm oh, definitely really going to series the series. This series is so like, good. Like 90s Ladess is such a kind of subgenre I know a lot about. Why can't I think of this person's name? Shall I just Google Zoe Ball's mate? Yeah. Who cares? Okay, yeah, you're right. Who anyway. <laughs> So that's 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 that. Um, very good. Really enjoying that. Right. Um, so RuPaul's Drag Race season twelve, I think, has just launched on Netflix. Sorry, I just found her. Who is it? Give me. You recognize her? Is that an All Saint? I don't know if it's an All Saint. It looks a lot like an All Saint. Is it Sarah Cox? Ah, one of the All Saints. Remember Sarah Cox? You're too little. That's S A R A, isn't it? That's Sarah. C O X. Correct. <laughs> SARA is going to be the hospital virus that'll get us all after Corona's done with us. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was reading about MRSA yesterday. The last thing I will say in the coronavirus is that very early on, I saw the screenshots from that Dean Coots book that was like, <gasps> oh yes, it was like Wuhan 400 is a biological weapon. It will rise. Um, it will rise, causing a pneumonia-like illness, and it'll fall as quickly as it as it rose only to come again 10 years later and then disappear completely right so for the first like solid two weeks of this issue I was like guys it's all fine it's just yeah, going to disappear like Dean explained us yeah I was like, it's just going to disappear I was like he called it it was Wuhan 400 yes it's a biological, biological weapon but um, it will it will come and go and then I remembered that my facts were derived from a fictitious book and then I armed myself with the actual facts and that's when the anxiety kicked in. Are you trying to tell me that this Wuhan 47 was predating the Wuhan corona? Yeah, so he wrote about it in a novel that came out in the 80s. Get out of here. Yeah, and we know Dean Koontz on The Creep Dive because he's quite plugged into the paranormal because he's the guy, if you recall, who received a phone call from his dead mother warning him to be careful on the same day that his father attacked him with a knife. IRL. Yeah. Ooh. Now his dad had uh, dementia. So like it was nothing personal. <laughs> but do you remember that? No. I do. I like, don't remember. Not at all. <laughs> but, I, but that sounds great. That sounds amazing. But like sure. So like, a lot I'm of things are written. A lot of things have been written. Yeah I know. But like I was really. I read that and was like. Um, it's probably fine. It's fine. I was like it's just going to. It's going to peak and then disappear. And then. Leo Vradiker came on the news and was like. 87,000 Irish people are dead. Not true. Not true. Back in your box. <laughs> that was scaremongering. It's like we need to prepare for 60% of the population to get this. Just after that man drew the stick figures on the whiteboard <laughs> and drew God. the red dots around the green stick. Man, I was like, this is the virus. Did you see that? I that yes. really helpful. Did you? I love a whiteboard illustration. They filmed a man drawing stick figures on a whiteboard to explain this pandemic to the Irish nation. It was too dangerous to commission an infographic. Oh my God, like, we just wouldn't have had it turned around in time. time. It was appalling. And then there's, there's loads. sometimes love us though, you know. Until you realise there's oh, all like so Ireland. many people yeah. who are so terrified. I know, I'm one of them. And what's, what's it? It's, it's the people. Wait, we've gone back down the hole. We've Sorry, we're in the bunker. The... We need to get out of this fucking paranoid bunker and back to Drag Race. Back to Drag Race. Okay, so season 12 of Drag Race has just launched on Netflix, but in the States it's on VH1. And um, so it's been running for the last couple of weeks. Um, but last week, a Facebook, a viral Facebook status emerged 
from a man named Ben Shimkus. And he talks about Sherry Pie. Now, I don't want to give away any Drag Race spoilers because if anyone in Ireland is watching it, we've just watched the first two episodes. By the time this goes out, the third episode is out. So we don't know the extent of how far all the contestants have gone and who's yeah. been kicked out or whatever. Yeah. But basically, um, Sherry Pie seems to be one of the strongest queens in it. Was she not tempted to go with Sherry Trifle? May have already been taken. Okay. Maybe. I just Maybe. think it's a pertinent question to ask. But it's America. Okay, they don't have Sherry Trifle. They wouldn't trifle with God yeah. Trifle. Them. Yeah. <laughs> okay, go on. Sherry um, Pie. Sherry Pie, okay. So Sherry Pie is this kind of, he's, he's a really strong uh, queen. And when she entered into the, the workroom on the first day, everyone was like, oh yeah, Sherry Pie, I know her, whatever. And she seems to be quite strong. Okay, so she's a good reputation as well. Like. Good reputation, right. But then this fella... Ben puts up a Facebook status on the 4th of March and says, I have a weird story to tell about Sherry Pie. Oh, do tell, Ben. So basically, Sherry Pie, it emerged, had catfished a bunch of gay men into um, submitting videos of themselves. Very like, remember, Tickled? We oh, very think. good. Yeah, that's right. That documentary called Very Tickled. similar to that, oh, where yeah. basically Sherry um, posed as a casting agent called Alison and uh, reached out to these a couple of gay men and, and who were performers and said that she was casting a new um, New York play called Bulk. And um, but Bulk. Bulk. OK, I want to see that play. But yeah. it's like so the premise of the play was that it is a is a man who becomes obsessed with his self-image. It's kind of sci-fi and he starts taking steroids until he eventually fills the room. Oh shit, so based on a true story. Mm, yeah, just your standard <laughs> like James the Giant Peach stuff. grows to the size of just the um general men. Yeah. <laughs> on roids. Um so what he so as Alison, Joey knew these men a lot of the time personally and he would set up the introduction to Alison and then Alison would be in touch and ask them to record their preliminary auditions on tape which is normal normal Standard stuff practice. um so but in in those recordings she would often get them to kind of strip down there's one guy that she convinced to masturbate onto yeah onto a camera um, and talk how about how difficult do you think that would be. be to convince someone to masturbate most of the time no, they're masturbating of, anyway a lot of them said so that it's like uncomfortable right oh well, that's that's a coink well, dink because I was right just now, taking uh, a pause to do this video <laughs> so <laughs> i'll read you the story from ben's perspective so i have a weird story to tell about sherry pie rupaul's drag race season 12 started last week it is an exciting time in the gay community we get a chance for our culture to be broadcast on national television an area that for too long has omitted our narrative despite how much pop culture draws from our scene which is very true i really agree with that mm -hmm. um throughout the month you will undoubtedly hear some gay man pine that it is our equivalent to the super bowl also agree when i watch the great pottery throwdown it's how i think men feel about sport mm -hmm. um not I all feel men. that way about Neil Patrick Harris. <laughs> I feel like that's yeah. generalization. Not all men. Hashtag just not all men. <laughs> the straight ones. Um, 
this show has been super important for me for many years. I watched it for the first time during my freshman year of college. At the time, I had a tumultuous relationship with being gay. The show was one of the first experiences I had that showed other gay men living unapologetically. It became a pop culture phenomenon that I couldn't get enough of. However, I'm not sure I'll be able to watch it all this year. So he goes on to say that he attended State University's musical, Cortland State University's musical theatre programme, where he met Sherry Pye. My dream. Yeah. Um, one of the contestants that will make a debut on this week's episode of Drag Race. It was Sherry Pye who exposed me to the show. At the time, she was a junior. The show was in the midst of their fifth season and personalities like Alaska and Detox made me fall in love with the culture I now strive to take part in. Two very strong queens. Sherry and I also have an extensive history behind our time at Cortland. In the summers, we worked together at a summer stock theatre in a small town in western Michigan. In all, we performed more than 15 shows together. I even performed as a dancer in two of her drag performances when she was still in New York. The story takes a weird turn when I was a senior at Cortland. Sherry was no longer attending the school at this point. Another close friend of mine reached out to me and told me there was an audition for a new play at the prestigious Playwrights Horizons in New York City with a role that I was good for. He gave me an email for a woman called Alison Mossy, who immediately seemed interested in my work upon receiving my email. Alice and I went through an email thread that lasted over 150 emails in about three weeks. We covered topics of pay, living situations in the city, and when I would when I would have to leave school for rehearsals and conversations about acting choices for the character. Oh my God, this is just striking me as so fucking devastating. Yeah. This is his fucking dream. So mm. it goes on and on basically and then it goes into the nature where she's... Um, he starts to say that he felt really uncomfortable with the overt sexual nature of the show but he just chalked down to like oh I just won't invite my parents to it but this is good for my career he said there was a few days he wouldn't get any response from Alison but she would say that she had, didn't have any Wi-Fi, which he thought was weird because she was working in New York um, <laughs> but in they they then he reached out to the friend who had originally uh, put him in contact and he too had been talking to her about a different show but with the same dealing with Alison as well um, and then he asked where he had gotten her contact and it had come from Sherry Pie okay. so when he started talking to his friends about what had happened he soon found other um, other people within his circle or connected circle who'd had the same experiences with Alison so had their email thread ended in her being like send me a video he had sent the videos okay but then it just conversations just dwindled off when i suppose he was looking for contracts and stuff they had all been promised 900 dollars a week and accommodation in new york um and just it it all kind of it dwindles off right um so yeah that that kind of like that was one person's story but then buzzfeed ran the story and since buzzfeed ran the story as much i think it's seven men have come forward and say said that sherry pie did the same to them one man was so convinced that he was in the process of signing up for this amazing role that he was about to turn down a job on the disney cruise no no yeah and they were all close friends of Sherry Pies or Joey's, and they could. Of course, the Disney cruise has a bit of a dark history of losing people. That's right. Board. That's right. Yeah. We should creep. So it he out. might have dodged a, you know, May, but an I mean, overboard. But situation. hold on, sorry. Now he, when he realized it was a scam, he took the job on the Disney cruise. Oh, so right. like so he, he plays Prince Eric, and he's a very good Prince Eric oh, by fun. the looks of it. Um, but then, uh. Sherry Pie had to so VH1 
kicked Sherry Pie, disqualified him from the show, which is a nightmare because actually it's, if you know Drag Race, it's all filmed like well in advance. advance yeah. And they actually do, when they bring it down to the final three, they film all three winners. Mm. So they film a scene where all three are announced the winner at a live show. And then they, when it's broadcast on TV, that's when they choose the winner. So the winners don't know until they're watching. So was this so Disney heard... Cruise guy, did he do the wank video? Yes. So a lot of them did do the wank video. So in one, the Disney Cruise guy specifically, he uh, was, Joey had introduced him to Alison Mossy. Then Joey was present when he he said he'd help him film his audition tapes. And then he was like, oh, you need to be more macho. And he started encouraging him to kind of strip down to his underpants. He was like, no, you need to get more macho. And he encouraged him to go into the bathroom and masturbate. Really and your man was like, your man was like, oh no, I don't want to. Yeah. And then Joey was like, no, it'd be good. And then he came out a little bit pumped up and then he convinced him to do it on camera. And he was like, oh sure, it's only just us and Alison that'll see it. It's totally fine. It'll never be used. But they have no idea where the videos are being used and there's weird the script for bulk was uh described as being really sexual and really weird and um, like your man at one point one of the key sort of uh plots in it is that he becomes so obsessed with his bulkiness that he stops wearing deodorant so there's scenes that these guys filmed where they're smelling their armpits and talking about the smell and how much they enjoy it like super so real macho. weird uh. like testosterone fetishy kind of stuff mm. so then joey it's like bespoke porn maybe like yeah there's some armpit fetishist it reminds Definitely. me of that to yeah it, like it reminds me of that tickle thing because it's such a niche fetish that like you know most people listening to a man talk about the smell of his armpit will probably be like oh yeah but for some people and obviously for joey it was um it was more like Ooh. Yeah. well is it for Joey or is Joey dealing these porn videos that's the thing we don't yeah. know right so they've so never Joey, surfaced anywhere um, online it doesn't seem like it but Joey released a statement on uh, after he was ex uh, disqualified from the show saying this is Joey I want to start by saying how sorry I am that I've caused such trauma and pain and how horribly embarrassed and disgusted I am with myself I know that the pain and hurt that I have caused will never go away and I know that what I did was wrong and truly cruel. Until being on RuPaul's Drag Race, I never really understood how much my mental health and taking care of things meant. I learned on that show how important loving yourself is and I don't think I have ever loved myself. Oh, fuck off. I've Sorry. been seeking help and receiving treatment since coming back to NYC. I truly apologise to everyone I've hurt with my actions. I also want to say how sorry I am to my sisters of season 12 and honestly the whole network and production company. All I can do is change the behaviour and that starts with me doing that work. So fucking sinister. That it's behavior so sinister, is so right? Pre premeditated. So particular. Like, and he spent time with the person. He, it, it's... He created it's a gross. network oh, of fake emails and stuff as yeah, well. Totally. You know? yeah. he, he went as, I mean, there was a script for the show. Um, yeah. You know, so he went as far as to, to create a whole script scenario. script for a fake show, let me tell you. Because there's a fake show in my forthcoming book, Unfiltered, available to pre-order now. And I had to write a fake show for that book. And I was like, never oh again. My God. Never again. It's a book within a book. It's like a show within a book. Gross. Um, can I ask a question? Yeah. What kind of year was um, like 
Ben having these interactions with Joey? Like early 2000s kind of or more recent? I'd say it's more recent. Because I'm fascinated that Shirley Pye was like, oh, I'm going to go out for Drag Race. And like it's a massive show. And that she wasn't a bit like, oh, I hope but nothing from my show, past comes up. But until while the I'm show, she'd never really been visible. confronted by it. I know, but like I feel kind of like, I mean, it's kind of really kamikaze to not be like, I hope this doesn't bite me in the ass. Well, I'm sure internally he was. 2015. Yeah. Shit. But also, it it does make you think. There's so many receipts. Do you know the way? It's not like some lad's Hotmail account from the late 90s where, like, he won't be able to conjure up this, like, 100 message long email thread. This is, like, two years ago. But if he he only used the videos for himself. (laughs) Yeah. Then that's what makes me think it's probably just personal use rather than him. Distributing it. Yeah. Yeah. Then you would be feel like okay, well, less of a chance of this coming out. It's mm, so weird. If I, oh, if I'm the only one who has the stuff. But yeah, he sounds like a captain creep. Yeah. Um, I yeah. heard, but I don't know if this is a spoiler, but that he's been or she's been removed from the show except for the final. The Have final. you read that? No, I think removed indefinitely. Have they like, filmed the whole I show heard that already? They made a statement saying like that there was some scenes in the final that they couldn't cut. Yeah, yeah that's the thing because it's so all it been filmed, so like, like it's going back and editing hard. it to cut oh, her out. It's such a pain. That's what I think. It, I think it gets to. Um, well, I mean, they're going to have considering this news, the viewership of this series will be massive. <laughs> yeah, probably just people like. Yeah. Are they going to cut her out entirely? No. I mean, a really cynical part of me from what we know about reality TV is like, I mean, were the bookers kind of like, no, because it's a shady past. They have to do, there's a really rigorous, um, there's a really good, um, duty of care with drag race. Like it's, it's, because there, there has been so they're known for it yeah there has been accusations in the past that they film for like 12 hours a day and it's really long and it's really tedious so they're they're more cautious now and like people have been kicked off drag race or eliminated for breaking the rules because like they're in New York for however or wherever they are for however many weeks and they're not supposed to see um their family members uh, and they're not supposed to see their partners and stuff like that so like they were they revised the Judy Garner. Apparently there's a really rigorous psychological testing before the show as well. So like Sherry Pye seems to be a very calculated person to have been able to pass rigorous psychological testing. Yeah. And not a little suspicious. Yeah. Mm. I'd say they knew exactly what they were, what they were doing. Yeah. And you think very unlikely that the show knew and we're just very unlikely. And going, they, let's play this out. No, no. Yeah, I know. I'm just being it. really cynical. Well, you never know. Yeah. Fucking devastating for those lads, though. It's Imagine devastating that for hanging over your head. It's so devastating kind of for people. So then there was seven, seven in seven. total. He did it seven times. Yeah, that and the commitment to that exactly. As well. Like writing all, a fake show, doing all the casting. He's basically putting on a show with all the work that, that involves. None yeah. of the actual fucking, you know, pride in producing something new in the world, and instead just squirreling away these creepy videos. <laughs> yeah, it's not looking good for oh, him. It's mad. I hope he uh, gets fucking fucked for this because that is a horrific thing to do. It is. And I came across this. I thought this, you were going to say I hope he gets the help. And I was like, wow, Jen. And then no, no. I um, love that he was just like, it was just really that I, I didn't love, love myself, myself enough. Um, like, I came oh, across God. this fantastic uh, YouTube channel called Creep Art Show. 
creep show art, right? Which tells stories of like very niche reality TV or YouTuber <gasps> love YouTuber gossip beefs. things, right? So it covered in a video called The Disturbing Truth About Cherry Pie. Um, the creator of this channel draws a picture as you watch it and then tells you the story. <laughs> and in this video, she, was, she basically starts out and being like, um, I, Joey, blah, 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 and she's like, I can't even pretend to care that I can't pronounce his name because he is a creep. And then goes on to say that, and you know, releasing a statement saying that he didn't love himself is like when um, Kevin Spacey was accused of molesting a boy and he was like, it's because I'm gay. And she was like, all of these men are dumb. <laughs> and it was just beautiful. That's harsh on just dumb people though. Mm. <laughs> Not all dumb people are men. Uh, just like to say. some are me. <laughs> oh wow! What a crazy creep. Yeah, yeah. that's Cast. such darkness, isn't it? Now what though, he this sounds might like be a my kind of gateway to sociopaths. You should get into drag race for improving my life. And to be yeah. honest, the earlier series are brilliant because they're so lo-fi yeah and like real like the yeah. costumes truly phrase. are art attacks and yeah stuff. yeah, yeah. Totally. See, i did tune in a little bit in the early days i just lost my track no the know? first episode of so season 12 TV. though and there's so much good tv yeah. yeah the first episode of season 12 was phenomenally good though mm. like nobody got sent home spoiler 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 no one got sent home in the first episode because really, it was just too good. Too good. You I could not pick out something. Did I something. Straight to season 12 their podcast? Go to RuPaul and Michelle's podcast. Oh yeah. The T, is it? What's yeah, it called? Something like that. Sure, it's his only podcast. I, think. Um, I recommend that. I never know who the fuck they're talking to. I just like their, their chit chat. You have like to love RuPaul. And um, the On Paper pod. Yeah. Now you can never watch The Frame of Love Island. We'll just listen to Fanula and Orla talk about anything. Exactly, yeah. Um, well, there you have it. So it's good to have contemporary creep on the TV at the moment. He is mainstreaming drag and creepy behaviour. But ultimately, his career will do really well on the back work, of this, don't you basically. think? Mm. Like his channel, his own, you know, he'll become a fucking activist for, you know, victims every. You know what I mean? It's just another arsehole. It's another revenue stream. Re exactly. What isn't in 2020? Yeah. I'm just really working on myself at the moment, loving myself and making I sure I don't think so because I, I... No, I don't know about that because this is like illegal. Seriously, hopefully. And, and also like RuPaul's Drag Race <laughs> and like the drag... Face some kind of jail time. But the drag culture as well is very... It's very kind. Like it's very compassionate. They always call it it's not RuPaul's best friend race. And like they all get on very well and I think that the drag community will stick with the victims of this too Hell much yeah. that they wouldn't necessarily um you know forgive him easily into a point where he is making money off it mm. um cool are we gonna get um get an illness next yeah oh, i am so on brand somebody this has been is someone going to deliberately give us an illness a few times yeah Maybe, i'm not sure about that uh, uh, let me see about my dog feeding um headline let's have it i love it there's no other way. Just it just has to be her name. It's Typhoid Mary. <laughs> She's a fucking iconic bure and a passionate chef. <laughs> and uh, she just was She's passionate about her chefing. Ho she absolutely you determined. Could not get her away, away from, from the, the kitchen. Will you take off the apron, Mary. Mary, please. give it a rest. So, have you heard of her? 
Yes. Yeah. And what do you know? Um, my knowledge of Mary is that she was in New York. That's right. Went to New York to spread her love of Cooking. the culinary arts and typhoid. And she's Irish. She is Irish, right? So we're Classic Irish creep. And she just couldn't keep her out of the kitchen. You could wait for this, right? The year was, we're looking early 1900s. So from 1900 to 1907, uh, Mary worked as a cook in New York. So she was born in County Tyrone. Oh, Nor- oh, Nornarn. Oh, Tyrone. Nornarn. And, and uh, sure is. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> that's bad, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Is it? Now you're giving me panicking. <laughs> Say that yes. again. County Tyrone. Nornarn. Nornarn. Nornarn, yeah. Fine. So she. That's uh, how you remember Fat Dad. Who's that? That's how you remember Fermana, Armagh. No, Fermana, Antrim, Tyrone, Donegal. Wait, Donegal's in the Republic. Then maybe not Donegal. <laughs> Down. Down. Another A and Derry. Oh. oh my God, guys, we have to cut Antrim this. and Antrim is a town. It's not a oh. county. Oh, tar- oh no, Arma uh, is Arma a town? Oh, here not we a go. Arma is a county. Oh, Jesus, <laughs> can we, are we cutting this whole section? No, we're learning. Oh, okay. Like, can we just Fermanagh? Forget, forget you heard that. If it's Tyrone, Tyrone if it makes the cut. Derry down. Speaking of okay. two ways, okay. dumb women. <laughs> Antrim. Wikipedia doesn't even know. Wikipedia, <laughs> Wikipedia has London Derry on here, lads. Come on. Get at the time. So Antrim and... Antrim, Armagh. Right. Oh, so Armagh is a county. Yeah. Well, then we, oh, we nailed it first this, time round. so bad. That's Guys, bad. I think we need to go. People have just hung up on us. Um, what? Hung up on us as well. Oh, my God. We can't be expected to know fucking everything. <laughs> Six counties in our own country. Listen. Right. Are we back in the to room? To our brothers and sisters and also non-binary identifying folks up in Northern Ireland. We fucking love you. We okay? love you. We love, we love you. you. But like, I couldn't name, I couldn't name the other 32 okay, counties. Just stop, Cassie. People depend on you as the person who knows stuff. <laughs> people de- you've let the people down, Cassie. And I now tried you've exposed my fucking hardest. You know, stu- you know some things about other things. Okay, back in the back in the thing, right? You're sweating. I know, I'm wearing some kind of polyester shirt and I'm sweating. So our it's friend not, Mary... That's not the thing we're going to be cancelled for. Left for her own and counties. headed... Shut up now. I did know them. Headed for the big fucking smoke. New York City. The big apple. Little Mary. The big apple. And she worked as a cook for no less than seven families. So a cook back then was a pretty good gig. Mm. If you weren't a cook, you were in the laundries, which was a fucking bad gig. Mm. So you're on terrible money. So the cooking the stuff was sort of good money. That's where you want to be headed. And she did seem to really enjoy cooking. So in 1900, she worked in, oh, how do you say that? Mammerneck in New York, where within two weeks of her employment, residents developed typhoid fever. Oh, that's she was like, Mary. everybody's sick here. I better go. I'm going to leave. So she left, moved to Manhattan. And uh, members of the next family she worked for developed fevers, diarrhea and the laundress died. So the lady looking after all the clothes dead. Mary decided, I'm out of here. This place is full of sick people. Not my scene. She is Angela Lansbury. <laughs> She's dead right. Except the reverse. Well, do you know the way, like, Angela's just always... She's always she there. Goes, the Moida. So every B&B Angela's ever been at has been the source of a murder. Uh, where was I? Sorry. Um, oh, yeah, right. So in 
She left that sick household, moved to another position, Oyster Bay, Long Island. Within two weeks, 10 of the 11 family members were hospitalised with typhoid. Jesus. Mary left again, changed jobs. Similar occurrence happened in three more households. Oh, no. She worked as a cook for the family of a wealthy New York banker. So this is when... So at this point, she there was fucking sick people everywhere. Jesus, just a, and Mary a sea of them in her way. was still getting jobs, which obviously maybe there was a shortage of cooks. But the Irish are, are we're good at talking our way into things. Absolutely. And the thing was, Mary Top herself, not never sick a day in her life. God, yeah, like strong as an ox. Absolutely. Um, Jesus, she has some mad immunity. Well, yeah. Okay. She was the original asymptomatic, well, we don't know, one-off mm. uh, carrier of typhoid. So anyway, oh. in so we're five years, so... Like fucking Matt Damon. Since she moved. <laughs> Can I ask a question oh, about typhoid? Yeah, of course. What's it like? Oh, uh, let me get up the symptoms of typhoid because they're pretty, they're pretty grim and I'll read Bad. them to you in it. Because I do like a grim symptom list of a Wednesday. Uh, so anyway. Are you more concerned about getting the virus or having the virus and not showing symptoms? What of, of Corona? Probably yeah, mm, not showing symptoms. Not showing symptoms, definitely, because you're just going to take out people, people you accidentally. Love. Do you want to hear about the symptoms of typhoid? Yes. yes, please. So once the symptoms start to appear, you're likely to experience number one, a fever that starts low and increases daily, and uh, possibly reaching as high as forty point five degrees centigrade. Shit, danger. Headache, weakness, and fatigue. Muscle aches, sweating. Dry cough, loss of appetite, weight loss, abdominal pain, diarrhea, constipation, rash, extremely swollen abdomen. So you're th- so oftentimes as well, um, from my readings back then of reports of people kind of exploding out their arse. So they'd had this distended oh, um, no. abdomen and then just a, f- you know, exploding arsehole. And of course, it's a bacterial. It's, it's, yeah, I think it is a bacterial um, transfer. So shit, blood piss snot spit oh, and just spreads like wildfire yeah and sure we're talking about the early 1900s so the sanitation levels are pretty poor anyway but look they did know enough at the time they knew about the hand washing do they sing happy do birthday happy to birthdays? themselves no is it two yeah it's, it's two, two Cass. Oh. why didn't we just come up with a song that's a minute my <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sharona so where are you? Five years had passed, right? Mary is taking out families left, right and centre. And her new job in Oyster Bay, Long Island. Uh, oh, no, no, no. Hang on. Fucking Jesus. I keep losing my spot. Jesus, she worked. Oh, here Oyster we are. Bay. The new family, right? Really wealthy New York banker, Chris Warren. And the Warrens rented a house in Oyster Bay for the summer of 1906. Uh, Mary went along with them. From August to September, six of the 11 people in the family came down with typhoid fever. Uh, the disease at the time was unusual in Oyster Bay. At the time, it was just really poor people that got typhoid. Mm. And Oyster Bay was full of the rich people, big houses, better sanitation, blah, 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 less sick people. So it was very rare that this whole family. So it was, uh, according to the three medical doctors who practiced there, uh, Malin was blah, 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 blah. So Mal- uh, Mary was subsequently hired by other families and at the outbreaks followed her. So in late 1906 one family hired a typhoid researcher by the name of George Soper to investigate so um, Mary was rumbled pretty pretty quickly shit Uh, Soper published his results and he believed that Mary might have been the source of the outbreak he wrote it was found that the family changed cooks on 
August 4th. This was about three weeks before the typhoid epidemic broke out. The new cook, Mary, remained in the family only a short time, left about three weeks after the outbreak occurred. Um, And Mary was described as an Irish woman about 40 years of age, tall, heavy, single. She seemed to be in in perfect health. So uh, Soper discovered that a female Irish cook who fit the physical description he was given was involved in all of the outbreaks. He was able to locate her because she generally left after the outbreak began no, without Mary. giving a forward, forwarding address. Uh, Soper learned of an active... Uh, sorry, he was having trouble locating her because of that. So he learned of an active outbreak in a penthouse on Park Avenue. And lo and behold, there's Mary. Oh no. There's Mary in the kitchen. So There's two elbow deep of the serve- in a stew. Literally. And a bit of soda bread. <laughs> elbow fucking deep. Do you guys feel like protective of Mary though? Because she's one of her own kind of. Like, I'm very yeah. like, oh, Mary's your bear. Well, the oh, thing about it is she herself may, may not have had a full understanding of how the disease was transferred. So as far as she was concerned, she was just unbelievably good, like having just, best luck ever, right? She's just got to work. like. Well, she's also just got to work. But you would think after like... You would think to yourself, the common denominator here is me. I mean, I don't know whether she knew that she could pass on the disease without having it herself. Yeah, that's probably what she thought. But she was about to find out. Okay, always just slipping out unscathed in her head. Unbelievably lucky at every time. Uh, Look at the Irish. So there she was in the kitchen. (laughs) Two of the household servants had been hospitalised. The daughter of the family was dead. So when Soper approached Mary about her possible role in spreading typhoid, she adamantly rejected his request for urine and stool samples. No, sir. I've just put them in the stew. I will not. I'm all out of piss and shit. (laughs) I will, however, serve you lunch. But uh, yeah, so he (laughs) arrived at the door and was like, and try and like explained to her that he suspected that she might be. And Mary got violently aggressive with him. Okay. She drew a knife on him. Oh, Oh, right. Okay. And said, you better get the fuck out of here. (laughs) Which makes me think she did know. I don't know why I'm picturing Brenda Fricker yielding a knife. (laughs) (laughs) There's pictures of Mary. And she's an attractive looking lady. She has a lot of hair on her head. She's like a thick head of hair. I don't know why. That might be a side effect. Never mind. So he approached her in the kitchen. She refused to give the samples, right? Uh, and he decided to compile a five-year... So he was like, okay, I've got a dog with a bone here. I'm going to compile a five-year history of her working. Mm-hmm. So he backtracked Mary's employment and found that out of eight families that had hired Malin as a cook, uh, members of seven claimed to have contracted typhoid fever. So, on his, so he was almost positive. So on his next visit, he took another doctor with him. But again, Mary told him, to the get fuck the fuck away from me. So uh, during a later encounter with Mary, uh, sorry, Mary had been, was hospitalised herself. He told her he would write a book and give her some of the royalties. She angrily rejected this proposal, locked herself in the bathroom until he left. Hmm. So you get the sense there that she might be 100% new. Idea now. But like you said, Cass, she needed a fucking job. Yeah, this was a well-paid job. She was had tons of experience, and her references were all dead. <laughs> so I mean, you know, it was great. It was fine. So, um, oh, no. so she was first. So New York City Health Department finally sent a physician uh, to talk to Mary. He stated by the time she was convinced 
that the law was only persecuting her. Okay, so she was convinced that the law was only persecuting her when she had done nothing wrong. So she was like, "I, you're putting me in the scapegoat position here and I will not be sent down so that the, you know, that, that the state will stop fucking panicking about typhoid. It's fine. Mary's the cause. We've got her in quarantine. Everyone can chill out. Like it was in everybody's best interest that there was a kind of an end or a cure or you know, yeah, a sense that a this sense is resolved that. exactly um, so a few days later uh, this physician Baker arrived at Mary's workplace with several police officers and they took her into custody so Mary attracted so much media attention she was called Typhoid Mar- Mary in a 1908 issue of the Journal of American Medical Association uh in later in a textbook that defined typhoid fever she was again called typhoid mary so it was this big now if she had trademarked that i know that would have been quite there's a handy little number for her fucking amazing illustrations to go along there's with some these yeah, looking at them here now typhoid mary so in prison she was forced to give her stool and urine Ooh, authorities suggested removing her gallbladder because they believed the ty- the typhoid bacteria resided there however she refused and she did not believe she carried the disease she was also unwilling to cease working as a cook. <laughs> um, the New York Health City inspector determined that she was a carrier under sections of blah, blah, blah of the Greater New York Charter. Ma- Mary was held in isolation for three years at a clinic three on the North Border years. Island. Oh, it gets so much worse for Mary. But that was the first. So I think at the time they were like, that's probably legally as much as they could hold her in isolation. I don't know if they thought after three years she would suddenly become non- contagious however she was let go ever after that so eventually the new york state commissioner of health decided that disease carriers should no longer be kept in isolation and that mary could be freed but only if she agreed to stop working as a cook take reasonable steps to prevent transmitting typhoid to others wash your fucking hands mary was she not washing her hands to happy birthday mary had never washed her hands once during this she believed much like a pot on the like a kettle like that a like skillet the, 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 that the, the, the flavour flavor came <laughs> from the hands from the hands the You're unwashed hands me. all of the you know what do you call it when you put umami. salt and uh, yeah. <laughs> it comes from the hands under her fingernails contained Mary fucking crusty Ooh, Mary <laughs> yeah so she she admitted herself that her her practices were could of, of hygiene could have been better I would say sounds like it Mary yeah but so she'd promised now she would not go back into the kitchen. The laundry would be the perfect place for her because she'd okay. be, ax- you know, washing her hands against her will when she was washing mm-hmm. the clothes. So they thought, you'll be fine, Mary. Just do what you- we agreed that you'd do. But Mary... Anyway, so she was freed, right? Uh, February 19th, 1910. She agreed that she was prepared to change her occupation and would give assurance by affidavit that she would, upon her release take such hygiene precautions as would protect those with whom she came in contact. So she promised not to give it to anybody else and wash her fucking hands. She was released from quarantine and returned to the mainland. So this island, North Border Island, is a really little island. It's like an Alcatraz version in New York. So you can see it from New York. A tiny little island. She was just off on that thing for years. Three years, right? Initially. So she's back on the mainland now. And uh, upon her release, she was given a job as a laundress. Good enough for her. It did pay less than cooking. 
So after several unsuccessful years as working as a laundress, I don't know why they were. Un- she just wasn't. She wasn't Not enjoying it. Right? Just mm. wasn't fulfilling her. She changed her name to Mary Brown, returned to her former occupation no. as a fucking cook. Isn't that a lovely name for a cook, though? If you were interviewing someone, she's Mary like, Brown. my name is Mary Brown and I love to bake bread. That's it. I would give her a job. Straight in. And she had no problem finding work. So for the next five years, she worked in a number of kitchens. And there were outbreaks of typhoid everywhere she went. However, she changed jobs so frequently that uh, Soper, remember the original guy? He wasn't able to find her. So 1915, Mary started a major outbreak, this time in a hospital, Sloan Hospital for Women in New York City. 20 in the hospital. Come on, Mary. So 25 people were infected and two died. She left again, but the police were able to find her and arrest her uh, when she took food to a friend on Long Island so anyway she was arrested so after arresting her public health authorities returned her to North Border Island on the 21st of March 1915 and she was still unwilling to give her gall- to have her gallbladder removed so she remained quarantined for the rest of her life oh my god she was she was 30 years in total Jesus she had a great life like as in life expectancy was she lived long what it was but then. she was completely in isolation bizarre though. on this fucking island that she obviously see from New York riddled so riddled with disease and surviving so long but she herself asymptomatic character uh, she never got it so she spent the rest of her life in quarantine in Riverdale Hospital. Six years before her death, she was paralysed by a stroke, chronic. Uh, on November 11th, 1938, she died of pneumonia at age 69. <coughs> Good oh innings for back God. then, but again, fucking miserable. A postmortem found evidence of live typhoid bacteria in her gallbladder. So they were right. Uh, other researchers have cited George Soper, who wrote, there was no autopsy to assist a conspiracy to calm the public after her death. Oh, interesting. So Mary's body was cremated. Her ashes were buried in the Bronx. So among the infections Mary caused, at least three deaths were attributed to her. However, because of her use of aliases and refusal to cooperate, the exact number is unknown. Some have estimated that she may have caused as many as 50 fatalities. Mary was the first asymptomatic carrier typhoid carrier to be identified by medical science and there was no policy providing guidelines for handling this particular situation. How interesting, huh? Considering now... Similar situation. So some difficulties surrounding her case stemmed from Mary's vehement denial of her proposed role. So she refused to acknowledge any connection between her working as a cook and the typhoid cases. Mary maintained she was perfectly healthy, never had typhoid fever and could not be the source so public health authorities determined that permanent quarantine was the only way to prevent her from causing significant typhoid outbreaks. So yeah, amazing. Jesus. That is fantastic. But like she, now, the determination. She a little cottage industry on the island called Mary Brown's Island Fudge. <laughs> and she was able to infect people remotely. Oh, Saltwater so taffy. <laughs> you can't keep a good Mary down. <laughs> the dirt of her hands. But... She's dead now. I'm just horrified by the impracticality of never washing your hands. Like how sticky they must be but at you know, every given moment. But you know, if you're needing a bread, right? If your hands are all dirty from other shit, as you're needing, this is a little factoid about, as you're needing the bread, the dirt will clean your hands. The you're bread will rubbing, clean your hands. If yeah, it's so you're cleaning your hands. And then, you know, and then you're the thing people. about this bacteria is if you cook the food, you're fine. As long as it, the food was cooked. But Mary had a speciality dish. That was uncooked. Mary made Mary's magic P 
peach ice cream. Oh no, not an ice and cream. And you can imagine those slidey yeah, tinned ice cream peaches. Always considered a high risk food. Because never it's purchase really? an ice cream that is kind of melty. Yeah. Because it could have melted and been refrozen. You just don't know what you're getting. You don't know what really? you're getting. Yeah. Rice and ice cream. Good because, to know now because yeah. I just I just bought that. Um, Lydia just g- gifted me that. Um, magic ice cream, cream ball attachment for the, the, the KitchenAid kitchen Cassandra Delaney is it good it's have you got one it's so good you're going to love it yeah I love mine you're going to oh use it once God. no I'm not it's perma in the freezer I was about to say that's it takes up storage. a whole drawer of your freezer but you can keep that's stuff fine. in it too I guess it is a vessel it's actually a vessel I'm going to go with banana because I have this banana essence that I bought once in home. essence of banana it's really it smells like that it's, like synthetic it banana like the, in I was about to say you know that foamy kind of sweet that looks like a banana that's what you want Love yeah that. like I'd, I'd just oh, eat I a banana if I wanted I real banana but I want that like it's, it's fluorescent yellow memory of banana memory next of time banana. now I'll do you a chocolate chip and banana ice cream actually funny now we're on a baking thing that you've brought in delicious cookies but apparently Mary's Special magic ice cream, uh, peach ice cream was fucking delicious. But imagine the sloppy, wet peaches. You know all that dirty fingernail hands. We should host a um a big public creep dine with me, and we can make some of the most disgusting things we've talked about. Although, if that was the case, we'd actually be serving human flesh. But <laughs> we'll, do, we'll we'll figure something out. We could make it. It would be dam- damaging my brand as a food writer as well. Steak tata for everyone. Oh. <laughs> Delicious. All right. Well, we. Um, so that's wash your hands. Plug the patron. Yes, guys. Um, please wash your hands. And please wash your hands and. Get I your tell you what, clean you fingers be... over to your laptop and go to patreon.com forward slash the creep dive and keep us alive during the next five weeks. That's it. I, I, if you're, you're, you're self-employed at the moment, you're probably going through the horrors and have that fear. We're mm. sort of self-employed <laughs> here. We're employed you by you. <laughs> if you have any spare beans, send them our way. It'd be great. Thank you. And thank you if you're doing and it anyway. And hop over really to the Patreon page to catch the hive this week. Oh, guys, I have the it's most fucking incredibly disgusting story. For the hive. It's just eye-wateringly gross. Wow. And that was really disgusting what you just told us. Oh, it's so much worse. <laughs> oh, God. Amazing. Anyway, see you next week. Bye. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.